Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me, as usual, is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppBatic.net. Join us this week as we unfold the latest releases and ride on mammals to baseball's opening day. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. I'm top of this elephant and waiting for uh, them to start batting. Should yep. be good. And so there's not the most Apple news right now. We're kind of in a lull period before we get to WWDC in June. And, I mean, you can always go over various random iPhone rumors that are always trying to guess and be probably wrong, so we won't bother with those. (laughs) And so that means we'll start off with the new apps, and the first one this week is Mammals by TinyBop, and it's another TinyBop app. They do a really great job of making these interactive kids apps, and now, instead of the human body or planet Earth, we're focusing on mammals. The app includes four There is an elephant, a tiger, a kangaroo, and a bat. And each of them includes a full anatomical model of the given animal. And you can look at the skeletal system, circulatory system, muscular system, and just their skin layer. And, you know, you can interact with each one of them, feed them different items to see how the digestive tract works, and see their specific item or abilities like the way the elephant uses its trunk or bat uses sonar and just fully kind of just explore that's what these apps are really about it's not like a interactive textbook it's more here's this neat like interactive simulation let your kids go crazy and just kind of figure it out as they go Right. They're like the type of fun little exhibits you'd see at like a a children's museum. And so like this one, you also have the ability to take each of these animals and you can kind of see what their fur is like. And your your child can drag their finger around with the fur. And obviously they can't feel it, but you can uh, you can play with the fur. And then one of my my daughter, one of her favorite parts of this one was. Any of these four animals, you can kind of drag them up and you can take two of them at a time and you put them in a race. And then you can see them racing because they're showing you basically the relative speed of each of these animals. And then so she was just having fun pairing up different animals against each other and watching them race. So it is just a fun little activity, explorative. But I mean, it's not a lot of information there, but it's still kind of fun and it gets them kind of thinking about these things. And maybe they want to go research them more someplace else. Or maybe they'll grab like a, a a National Geographic Kids magazine on mammals because now they want to learn more about these. So it's just a fun kickstart way to kickstart learning and just a little activity they can do. Yeah, this is when you want that haptic feedback of the iPad screen and just yeah. feel all on their fur. <laughs> yeah. And then spoiler alert: kangaroo wins no matter who it's facing. What? <laughs> you think tiger's good? Nope, kangaroo. <laughs> well, we also the sloth is coming maybe he's like a fast sloth and and he, he, we just don't know it yet i want to see fighting i want to see like elephant against tiger <laughs> and then we know kangaroos in the whole boxing match there, there, well there is a when you do the tiger you can see his little retractable claw and that that was one thing my daughter thought was a little gross you could drag a a mouse over and it basically like kills the mouse uh with his little retractable claw but so there, there's all kinds of little things as you go through and i'm sure kids will have fun with this one just like they do with all these uh tiny bop apps yeah with everything with tiny bop they do such a good job and you just want them to take that next step so you don't want to push them to some other resource to have some kind of research information available in this app as some layer that you could access 
to go with the interactive models they provide. Yeah, yeah. And that's Mammals by Tiny Bop. It's two ninety nine and it's universal, and that means we're already into new games. And the first one we actually already talked about a couple weeks ago for GDC. It's Kami Two comes from State of Play Games. They made Lumino City, the first Kami Inks, and now with the sequel, it continues what really made the first one so appealing, and that you are given a grid of different colors, and your goal is to transform these colored sections into one solid color. So it comes down to that order of operations puzzle where you need to transform the colors in just the right sequence to be able to create that one solid grid of colors. And in this version, they've changed up the grids from squares to triangles, and this allows them to create relatively more kind of complex puzzles that are a little trickier. These are definitely more challenging than the original, and it's because they can the triangles can create edges, sharp edges where the mass that you spread of the color can't go around them. You know, unless the it's a solid connection, the color can't take shape through the whole piece. So that means that they can make these little ornate kind of structures within the grid that block your color movement and makes it that much tougher. Right, yeah. Anytime you have like two points of triangles connected to one another at the tips, that's not going to pass that color through. So it does make it much, much harder. So you're going to, you might start to think, oh, it's going to pass down. Then I can just fill this section in and then move on to this. But then you quickly realize, no, the color is not going to travel through there. And now you have, that's going to take two steps, what you thought would take one step. And it's all about that economy of the number of steps because you have very limited number of steps you can solve each of these puzzles in. So you, you're going to keep on, there's no undo. So you have to undo everything and then start over. But then you start to learn and figure out, oh, well, maybe I'm going to start over here instead. And it's a lot of experimentation until you start to figure out. But then you'll start to see patterns that you can carry on to future puzzles. And you start to learn little techniques that they're not always going to work. But this one is definitely a lot more challenging than the original was. Yeah, it makes you really kind of think about the ways they put things together especially because the sequel introduces a level editor which allows you to create your own levels so that way you can see and create your own challenges from this triangular system they have set up and then since there's a level editor not only can you make your own levels that gives you access to a near infinite number of user generated levels the developers highlight five per day and daily challenges from the user generated levels and then you can just explore the whole collection add your own to the collection and just really kind of give you more time to play through Kami 2. Yeah, that level editor is hands down probably the best feature of the game because you get the whole access to tons and tons of levels. Granted, some of them are super easy. Like people will just do a level where it's the number account is one. So you basically just have to tap in one spot and it ends the puzzle. So what I do with all of these user user generated levels is I just start swiping through and find the ones with super high numbers on them because if you can solve it in less number of moves than they give you, it'll change that puzzle. And now future people have to solve it in the number of moves that you found it in. So you feel like you're kind of helping out the puzzle community, going to these high number, high count ones and figuring out how few moves you really can do it in. And then now other people have a, a harder challenge 
to to figure out exactly how you did it. So it's a really neat way of, of setting it up that anyone can just quickly build these things. And if you build it ornate enough, then it's going to be more fun for other people to try. And then creating the levels is as easy as just getting your finger and dragging across the screen. You can go and tap the different colors to change which one. And so you can draw the levels as complex as you want to right from your finger. You don't need like some special menu or weird complex interface. You just drag your finger across the screen and you're creating a level. Right. And then all you do is you run it through once you solve it. And that count, if you say that's the count you want to use, you hit accept. And then it creates that puzzle with that that move count. And then it's out there for other people to, to play. Yeah, the only problem for me was the actual main game and that some of these levels are so tough and yet they've kind of restricted how to advance. So to, you're given a level pack of six, and you have to complete all six of those levels to unlock the next level pack. If there's one you just can't figure out for the life of you, too bad you're stuck on that idea. And so they introduce yes. hints, and the hints cost money. There's no way to earn hints. So the game is free to play, and the only in-app purchases are tied to those hints, so I understand pushing you towards that. It would be nice if they had video ads or some way to earn hints because sometimes you're just stuck and it's like, I don't want to pay 99 cents to pass this one level. Because, of course, you can go to YouTube and watch walkthrough videos of every single level. There's tons of different ones already out there, but that kind of defeats the purpose. So it would be nice for them to kind of make more money through video ads so you don't go out there and then you have a way to get through because you don't want to just be stuck permanently on a certain right. level pack. Yeah, that was the exact problem that I had. I was hoping that they would have some sort of uh, ads, like you said, where at least I could watch an ad and get one free hint or something just to move past the one level that I'm stuck at that's keeping me from progressing and opening that next pack. And Or either that or if they just want to go to the, uh, the Cube Escape route, they can just put the link to the YouTube walkthrough for me, and, uh, and then I don't have to search it up. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of I know I know why they're doing. It. I know they want to push the selling of the hint packs to to get it, but they need another way. Otherwise, people are just going to give up on it or maybe take the time to go to YouTube. Other people might just get too frustrated and just say, I'm done with this game. And what I did was that's when I moved over to the level builder and just started playing the ones that other people made because I can't for the life of me get by the one I'm stuck at. Yeah. And I mean, since the game is free, people are probably more prone to deleting it quicker because they're not as invested in it. Exactly. Yeah. And that comes with the territory of free games, especially when you have a relatively challenging game within this puzzle structure. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I mean, the other option they could do is if you have one left on a puzzle pack, give you at least the first one on the next puzzle pack so you can move on and just not be totally stuck. Yeah, no game should ever completely block you from advancing at any point. Yep. I mean, it's really well done. The core mechanic is great, and just that effect where the paper unfolds with the different color is really neat, but just some minor annoyances are keeping it from being truly great. Yeah, yeah, no, and the animations are beautiful in this one. And I can't recall if the first one lets you go past the move. So say you're given four moves. It seemed like in the first game... I could take an extra move. Like, say you figure it out where oh, I only need to tap right here and it switches the whole thing. And then you get like a, you know, instead of a three star, you get a two star or something like that. This game, if you can't complete it in four moves, too bad. It's not like, oh, you can take an extra move and get a worse score. 
Right, right. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's been a, it's been a long time since I played the original. I don't remember yeah. if it let you do that or not. But it seems like it would help. Yes. Like, I'll just take a worse score. Thank you very much. I yes. couldn't figure yeah. out yeah. in four yeah. moves. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping it would let me. And then it just it forces you to restart and, and try it over. So, yeah, it won't let you do that. Yep. So that's Kami 2. It's free. It's universal. And then we're recording on the opening day of the baseball season. And there's a bunch of different baseball games available on the App Store. And one in particular is RBI Baseball 17. It comes from direct from the MLB. It's based on the classic arcade game, and it's been on iOS for a few years now. And with the 17 installment, it delivers updated rosters and schedules. You can play the full 162-game season of your favorite team, or you can cut it down. They have 81 games and 41 games, I think, options. And then you can choose to play the full nine innings or simulate games. So you can proceed through your season that way. You get to adjust your full roster of your team. And it's just kind of that full-on nine-on-nine authentic baseball simulation game that's relatively well done though it has arcade pedigree it's not that arcadey today it's not a game where you can just time up your swing and start hitting home runs it's a lot going on in terms of positioning your batter in the box as well as over the plate and then lining it up with the pitch at the right time to really get a good hit and then even if you do whack the ball relatively solidly it's tough to get it to land in the field of play because the defense seems to run down most of the ball as you hit <laughs> yeah there are different difficulty levels you can adjust so i actually end up knocking it down to easy they still catch i would say 98 percent of the balls but i did manage to actually get two home runs uh once i did that but it is very difficult. I, I tend to use when I when I played this last year and again when I played this year is I turn on the assisted fielding. So because I I cannot for the life of me field and actually move these guys around and catch anything. So if I want to have any hopes of them not just running away with the game in the first inning, that uh, I basically have to turn on the assisted where they'll kind of line you up, but then you still have to toss the ball to the to the guys at the bases to try to get people out. And then if you see someone kind of running between third and home, you really have to like tag them down. So you still have to do some stuff. It's not all automatic. You can turn on automatic fielding which i at that point what's the point uh but at least the assisted i felt like it helped out enough that you still had to work for it but it it didn't wasn't guaranteed you were going to get everything the problem for me is just the game is at odds with itself when you're on offense it seems very difficult to score no matter what lineup you're using what pitcher you're facing but then when you're pitching it was hard to give up a hit. Like you're kind of just going through the motions of like throwing up whatever pitches, like changing up the order of them. You could have the fastball, the essentially just normal and then off speed curveball. And every pitcher, no matter if you have Clayton Kershaw or some bum reliever, they all have the same assortment of pitches for unknown reasons. <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> it no matter what I was doing, it seemed that you could just get guys out so easy. Especially if you flip it down to easy mode, it doesn't feel like you're ever threatened to give up a run. But if you leave it on normal mode for hitting, it seems like you can't score. So most of my games went extra innings 0-0, and that's just not very fun to play through. 
Um, somehow I managed to give up some runs. So, so apparently I was doing something wrong. Uh, and my gosh, you weren't as skilled as yours. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I thought it was enjoyable and easy mode. I, I actually, I, it was a struggle for me sometimes uh, to actually try. And they would steal bases. And I'm like, why didn't I stop that? And and then my guys would make er random errors every once in a while. And then, of course, they'd advance and I wouldn't get down there in time. And then the guy would run in. And so yeah, to me, it was a good mix. I just it was very difficult, even on easy mode, to actually score runs or get anything. If it, you hit it up in the air, it would usually be caught by someone like it didn't matter. Like they would they seemed to like even one time I thought I was going to get it. The guy jumped and leaped like between like I think it was a shortstop. He jumped and grabbed it and caught it midair. And it was way too far away from that catch. But somehow he had this miracle catch and it would have been like I would have actually gotten a run. But no. And so it, uh, I thought it was a good mix, but it, it, you definitely have to fiddle with the, the settings to find something that fits for how you want to play. And so the kind of the gameplay balancing is off for me, but more importantly, this is RBI Baseball 17, and essentially it's RBI Baseball 16 with updated rosters. It really doesn't change the gameplay at all. And that's not a good thing when the game isn't great to begin with. Last year, it had the same exact frustrations in terms of the unbalanced offense, defense, as well as being relatively hard to score no matter what you did. And just also, you have this whole simulation season set up, but within a game, you have to play. the. So if you decide to play a game, you have to play all nine innings. If you decide to simulate a game, you have to simulate all nine innings. But with these simulation games... Especially when you compare it directly to NBA 2K17 on iOS, rather than the console counterparts or whatever, that's a basketball sim. You want to have kind of a similar setup, just a different sport. It would be great if you could like simulate, I'm going to just simulate the first three innings and then play from there. Or say you get a big lead, you're up six to one or whatever. I want to simulate the rest of the game. Or maybe you just want to simulate the first seven innings and then play the last three. Or play the first three innings, simulate the middle three innings, and then play the last three innings. Whatever you want to do. You can't do that. If you decide to play, you have to play all nine innings. And it's a slog to get through if you're like me and the games are 0-0 zero, zero for just the whole thing. Or you simulate the whole game and you can't play any of it all. It would be nice if you're going year by year to give us some kind of update other than the rosters to improve the actual game experience. Yeah, I agree there should have been more of a change from last year than just the roster update. Although I could have sworn I played and I was able to simulate single innings so that I didn't have to deal with the, the, the pitching. I let them go and then... I could have sworn I did it mid mid game, so I didn't have to play I all the. I looked through every single in, menu and tried every single thing. I couldn't do that. Maybe it was and just it doesn't during say an in the exhibition game. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm just imagining things, or maybe it was one of the other baseball games that I played. I can't remember, but I could have sworn I did it in this one. I don't know. I have to look and see. If it's the any one exhibition thing that each... games, that would make sense why I didn't see it. Okay, but other than that, uh, I don't maybe know. that was in it. Maybe it was in the exhibition game. Then um, the one thing I, I did want to note is this is a massive game. It's like two and a half gigs of space. It's going to take up on your device. So if you have one of those sixteen gig 
devices still kicking around, it's going to take up a huge chunk, even with the new Apple file system, which will save you some space. It's still going to take up some uh, some a big percentage of your, your device's space. And that's always good to note. And so that's RBI Baseball 17. And then it's worth noting that's not the only baseball game in town. There's also MLB Tap Sports Baseball 17 by Glue. And this game, as you can imagine with the Glue name, is free to play. And they give you all kinds of cards where rather than you say you select playing as the Dodgers, you're not going to get the Dodgers roster. You're just going to get a random collection of cards and then they put on you know that color scheme. So it doesn't have that same kind of authenticity as RBI Baseball 17. So you have a whole card-based team. And then the actual gameplay, they mean it when they say tap sports baseball if you want simple arcade kind of tap the screen at the right time that's what tap sports baseball is but then there's a lot of hurdles since you don't have that season to play through your games are matched up against other players and you need energy to play those games you need coins tied to get better players you need better players to actually compete and win games and it's that whole kind of rabbit hole of stuff yes yeah i mean the, the rbi was definitely the the most deluxe uh, best all around of of the baseball titles there were a lot that came out uh and yeah and the other ones are kind of just bits and pieces of the game and i'm never a fan of glue after like they they're like one of the worst with uh in-app purchase and all that crap so those i kind of quickly played and dropped to the side to play more rbi yeah there's also blocky baseball by full or yeah, full fat games. They have yep. blocky football and blocky soccer, blocky racing, all these different ones where it reduces it down into a simple endless version. This one is kind of just hit as many home runs as you can. The ball comes, tap the screen, ball comes, tap the screen. Super simple. <laughs> <laughs> but and those both are free to play. Up. I don't yeah. even understand what the leveling up is on that one. And those are both kind of free to play options versus the $5. And you get what you pay for, surprisingly enough. Um, yep. <laughs> and then <laughs> for another new games is Ellie and Max, which came out on a Tuesday rather than a Thursday, but it still was within the last past week of recording. And it's an interesting kind of 3D puzzle game. At first glance, it's like, okay, it's like a little kind of platformer game. I got to move the dog and get the pick the little girl up so essentially you have this little girl ellie and max is the dog and you have to position the dog so ellie can ride on max when you actually play a few levels though you realize the idea of being a 3d puzzle game really comes into play as you can grab the screen and rotate the world and you need to do that because as you rotate it it changes the array of blocks so a gap can be crossed so essentially you have a gap between two blocks you rotate it and now those blocks are in a straight line so now it's a direct space that max can move to because he can't hop over gaps so you have to make those gaps whole it's a little like subtle version of euclidean lands rather than like this deluxe kind of 3d manipulation where you're moving every direction of a rubik's cube it's more just like changing the plane so it's a perspective shift kind of like a monument valley idea but not as much depth going on yeah it reminds me a lot of um fez in a certain way uh -huh. did you ever play that it was like, yeah. and so you kind of had to shift the the things around you kind of snap into this new 
view of things and now you can move around this one has a real puzzly aspect to it because you can end up getting yourself locked into a certain place and not continue so you have to he can fall down as much as you want but he can't jump as high as you want so you can end up in situations where you've now moved the dog and he's jumped and grabbed one thing but then fallen to grab something else but now he can't get back to where he needs to go to finish the level and you have to restart so you have to kind of plan your moves out and kind of rotate things around see exactly what your options are going to be so you don't end up in one of those situations that you can't continue yeah and really, they did a good job of subtly building the mechanics. Like, you know, the first 10 levels, you're kind of getting adjusted to how you can change the perspective and shift things around. And it's neat how, you know, you're given like this flat layout where it looks like a simple 2D Mario world. And then you start to spin the camera and you see it's like this whole deluxe thing where Ellie's on a whole different corner of a plane. And you're like, wow, there's this whole extra addition to this world to kind of explore but again you're always moving in 2d but you can change the way that 2d world looks by shifting the 3d and then you'll get like the little air risers and you get all these different kind of changes built on that main idea yeah the one aspect of the game i thought was a little weird is they have this system where you're picking up these these coins and You get these coins and you can use them in like the gumball machine, you know, the typical thing we've seen in Crossy Road and those. And you can unlock additional characters. But the game is called Ellie and Max. But you can almost from the get go just eliminate Max completely and swap him out with like MC Ruff or whoever. I forget what the character was. It was like a dog wearing chains and a hat sideways. Or you can replace him with a stool. I guess the stool moves and yeah, like there was other pig. animals. I unlocked a pig. <laughs> yeah. So there's all kinds of cool animals. It just, I, it's a fun thing to do and unlock and see all these crazy characters, but it seems a little odd in the game where you have two title characters and you're almost immediately replacing one of them with some other character. Yeah. It's definitely a weird idea for the kind of structure they've set up. Yeah. But I mean, it's a fun game, and it's and it's there's some good puzzle design within it, just using that whole rotation mechanic and and playing with with uh, the the way you can see things and where he can get to based on where he is. Yep, and that's Ellie and Max, and I think it's a dollar ninety nine. It's Universal. Yep, and I think that's everything for episode thirteen. It's not the longest episode, but there's some good stuff to check out. Yeah, definitely. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.